Welcome to episode two of the IceCast Report. As Tim and I will break down the Sanford game today. And, uh, we can break down the Sanford game in its entire today as we are on a bye week this week. The benefits and the disadvantages of playing week zero. As the Penguins will not return to action in, until September 7th, their home opener next Saturday against Howard. Tim and I will be back next Tuesday to preview Howard. But today, we are going to talk about, Tim, might be one of the more satisfying openers we've had in a long time. Yeah, one of the most challenging openers exactly. we've had in a long time. Because you had to go on the road, mm-hmm. you had to travel a thousand miles, get off a plane, be focused, and come out and play against an offense that is that air raid offense and something you don't see a lot in the in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Uh, you do see it during the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they've faced this in the past. However, it really shows you uh, the athletes that are needed in that system. And I thought YSU did a really nice job Offensively handling their situations, uh, making plays. At times it seems a little slow, but mm-hmm. they seem to pick up the pace at times. And then defensively, for the most part, three quarters played really good quality football. Tim, let's go back to what we talked about last week, what our keys to the game were. And we kept going back to two key things. You touched on it first, and then I added in. Two, maybe three keys. Your big one was quarterback play. The second one was the offensive and defensive lines up front. And the third one was six is greater than three. got to score touchdowns against this team. I think we hit every single one of them. Oh, yeah, they did. And there's no question about it. Uh, what I really liked was how Mays played. I, I thought agree. he was under control, played to his strengths, made some nice throws, made some bad throws. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't make some really bad throws. He did. However, he made enough good Good throws throws under pressure. Uh, The one on the first drive where it was a third down and And, eight or nine where he stepped up and threw a a 24-yard dart on the outside Mm -hmm. uh, that only his receiver could make the play on was an excellent, excellent pass. Uh, The next possession... He had one that he threw over the head yep. of a player yeah. wide open. So, you know, he he had his ups and downs, but he had more ups than the downs. downs. Yep. And, you know, one of the keys I talked about was the next play. And exactly. I thought they handled that very well throughout the offensive series uh, for the Penguins the entire game. The next play was like you were able to get over the play that had just happened, good or bad or indifference, mm-hmm. and and move and be successful on this play that's in front of you. And I thought they did a great job for the most part. I mean, I give them a solid effort, you know, a solid B throughout the I game. Agree. Um, and like I said, to be challenged to go down to Alabama, mm-hmm. take on a team in their own backyard practically, yep. uh, did a great job. I know it was a neutral field, but... Every time a team has played in the kickoff classic has been a team from Alabama. Yes. So, and I understand that. It draws in some of the fans. It makes sense, that. yes. It makes more sense. It's difficult to get a thousand, you know, YSU fans, fans yep. down to um, Montgomery, Alabama for that game. And, you know, I thought the crowd was good. I thought they played really well. Uh, I think the defense shown some of its needs to improve when they change quarterbacks in the fourth quarter. 
And I, when an athletic quarterback came yes. on who was a dual threat, they had their they had their situations where they weren't the best. However, mm-hmm. they were able to, to weather the storms. He yep. did get in the end zone a couple times. They answered back. That was exactly. the most important thing. Like you and, said, answering and, adversity. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how teams attack YSU going further if they if. Future opponents have an athletic quarterback mm-hmm. who's a dual threat, like uh, we've seen in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, and that you know, Samford ha- quarterback played really well in the fourth quarter. The one that came off the bench. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, their starter I thought played well too under the circumstances of what he's in. He did throw the interceptions. That was great to see the defense get the turnovers. I think they had four or five turnovers total in the ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they had at least one fumble return for a touchdown, and they had at least three interceptions. They may have even got a second fumble return uh, recovery in the game. So I thought defensively creating turnovers, uh, getting the ball back, and putting your offense on the field was really, really impressive. And I was really excited, and I thought the running game was there, too. Yeah, they did a lot of good things in that ball game. There was a lot of really good things you can take away. Um I thought defensively, after the second series when Sanford scored, we had a breakdown there. Um, there were really only two breakdowns in the secondary. Um, both resulted in touchdowns. That made you go, eh, we got to fix that. But the latter one, fourth quarter, game's out of reach probably. It's 95 degrees. So that's a lot to ask for. You're going to have breakdowns against this kind of offense, well, like you said. You're exactly. You're going to have breakdowns I, that against was this team. A- product of that offense. This team's too good not to have big plays. That's right. I mean, that's the product of an air raid offense. Exactly. Is to get a player in one-on-one in space and Mm -hmm. outrun a defense or get behind a defense and make a big play. That is the design of an air raid offense. And those two plays went Sanford's yep. way. They they executed properly and they were made those plays. Uh, and then the defense itself did really well. Uh, I thought some of the commentary during the game was interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and it, nothing outrageous. Uh, it was, you know, I think it was more of a. Um, a backhanded compliment, saying that well, that's the way Bo Pelini's defenses play. Yeah, they, they're they grab, they move, they, they put hey. hands on you, and you know, uh, obviously, when you have a, a finesse offense like that, that does disrupt it quite yeah. a bit. And, and that the the officials would call it. I honestly, truly believe in any game if an official seen an infraction. Oh yeah, they're, they're going to call, call it. it. Uh, that is what Bo Pelini's defense has been. Ever since he stepped into coaching, he's been a tough, physical, man-to-man pressure defense. Last year, Penguins didn't have that. They could not go pressure in your face, line up man-to-man. I think the return of Kyle Hegedus is huge back in the secondary. The addition of Zaire Jones. Yes. Tim, uh, you and I talked about him a Zaire couple months ago. Zaire played his butt off the entire game. There have been comps to Dwight Smiley, who's a Penguin Hall of Famer. Tim, that kid single-handedly on two drives inside the Penguin 15-yard line kept momentum on our side. Oh, absolutely. And then another kid that I liked, I thought Bryce Gibson played well, and he had to. He was your most experienced returning uh, defensive back. D. Ford, who is a true freshman, 
looked really good. And I th- and, and I think you can see when Bo said this year he was excited about this class that they're quick and they're physical. I, I think you saw small signs of that Saturday. Another sign I saw we are mentally and we are physically much, much tougher as a football team. Up yeah. front, Bo may not say it to give respect to the opponent. We completely mauled them on the offensive and defensive lines. Bo said something last night that I thought was really fun and really neat. He said, in all his years coaching, he's called a blitz every game. That's the way he is. He didn't call one blitz Saturday. He said he thought about it in the third quarter because he got bored. Then he's like, now these guys are getting to him. And I thought that was really telling that and you and I have watched football. We, we announce football games. If your front four can get pressure without blitzing, that frees up your linebackers and your DBs to make a lot of plays. And another area that I thought was, you know, people were saying at the weak spot and it's you know, they were like, well, the linebackers are going to be experienced. They're not going to be very good. I thought the linebackers paid their butt off. And when the game was 7-7 after Mays made those two great response plays to get in the end zone, um, Cash Mitchell made a huge trip fumble and returned it. Um, Leak Richard, I believe, was in on it also. And that's something the Penguins did not do last year. They, they only created three interceptions all of last year. Yes. Penguins had two and I believe you tweeted out during the game they had back-to-back plays, basically. Yeah, well, they ended up back-to-back with, series. They ended up with three interceptions in the, in the game, totaling the entire season last year, yeah, which is incredible. Well, exactly, and you know, everybody knows basic football. I should say most people exactly. know basic football. And if you've been a Youngstown State fan over the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a genius to learn from some of the great coaches mm-hmm. that have been through YSU over the time. And what I'm talking about is Jim Trussell. Yep. And Trussell always talks about the turnover margin mm-hmm. and turning overs to points. And that's how you create a difference in a ball game. How many and points that's do we have I off turnovers? We did great. I'm not sure the exact. I know number. we had seven for sure on the fumble. Right. Uh, we, I think two of the interceptions. Those that seventeen was yeah, it? Yeah. 17 or tw- or 21 or something, something like, that. like that. I think two of the three interceptions ended up as points, as points because the offense came in and, and did their job. There were two plays there that if they weren't bad throws, that our DBs are taking back for pick sixes. There's a couple there that right. there were pick. And, and pick sixes are a product of opportunity. Exactly. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, situational. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's a great individual effort on a return. Most of the time, is is jumping a pass properly mm-hmm. and and getting a head start against the offense, and then out running you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's nothing. I mean, it is part of football. It yep. is a big a big uh, momentum change when that happens. But you, I don't worry about that. I'm more. I'm more concerned about taking the ball away exactly. from the offense and giving it back to your team uh, and have them uh, come on the field and make plays. Obviously, anytime you have a special team play, any type of a, a pick six is huge. Mm-hmm. They're, they're extra points you know, for a team and momentum changers. However, I, I look at pick sixes as just as an opportunity situational thing, not as a 
a planned thing. And, you know, obviously, yeah, there was opportunities. What was most important is they didn't drop the ball defensively. Nope. And when the ball was bad in the air, they, they were got able their hands to, on they it. went up and got it. Yep. And that, I thought, was key. I mean, two of the interceptions came on batted balls. Yes. And they made great plays. The, the fumble came on a batted ball. Yes, it did. You know, I mean, that was run in for the touchdown. And that was just a combination of being the right place, right time, and mm-hmm. a ball bouncing your way. But, you know, you, that's all what football's about, is taking advantage of opportunities when they present themselves. And I thought, overall, that was a very solid performance for YSU. I think this week should be a pretty good practice, you know. And next week will be a hard practice getting ready yep. for the home opener. And and hopefully, you know, an opportunity to continue this momentum that they built. They've been, you know, I think ever since last season when they lost their home opener. Yes. And lost the season opener. They've been floundering. Yes. And they've been looking for that big win to... Uh, to spark them. Well, to reset the season. Exactly. And now this is a brand new year. And I think they can wash all that sins away exactly, and start anew. And I honestly believe that's what it's going on with the Penguins, is they now have you know, something. It'll be interesting to see. And this will happen during the season, because mm-hmm. no team goes undefeated. Exactly. When you face adversity, how do they react? And then is adversity meaning losing a game-winning you know, last mm-hmm. play, yeah. field goal, touchdown, whatever the case may be, or just losing a tough battle, how they bounce back. In years past, they've not responded well. Well, that's the key, is how do you bounce back? I mean, all the years I've ever watched YSU, there's only been one unbeaten team. Yep. And they had a tie that year. 94, yep. Yeah. So, my point is, most teams are going to face adversity. How do you react to adversity is going to be a big part of this team. The last couple of years prior to you know the 17 and 18 season, I should say, they had trouble with that. Yes. When adversity yes. came, they had trouble bouncing back and figuring out their identity and what they are. Early indications that this team has that ability to possibly set their own tone mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Accept responsibilities and move forward. And that will be interesting to see. I'm really more interested going forward to see how this team reacts to adversity. I want to continue to grow. Obviously, the offense needs to grow. The defense needs to grow. The entire team. Special teams, most importantly. You know, one thing I want to talk about, Anthony, and, you know, I'll be honest, I got caught off guard on this. Uh, I did not realize that when. Carl Pelini came back that he was going to the offense, not the defense. Well, he is doing a little bit of everything. Yes, he's like a second head Technically, coach. Technically, because of his contract with Bowling Green, he could not take and leave for a same position. So I think Bo is... First of all, Bo wanted him back. Sure. Because he's obviously. comfortable with him. He's a good football coach. Um... And I think he, we needed a little more experience on the offensive side. Well, yeah. Well, here's something that always I always caught, and uh, you you see good coaching do this with young coaches is they make sure they work on both sides of the ball when they first get break into the game. 
You know, if they're a wide receiver coach, they work with defensive mm-hmm. backs. Or if they're an offensive yep. lineman coach, all of a sudden they're working with a defensive, defensive line. Yep. And, vice, you know, there's a lot of scenarios like that. I think it's absolutely one of the best things that can happen to this team is you've got a defensive guy on the offensive, on the offensive yes. Board yep. talking about how defenses They're are going to attack you. you. Exactly, yep. attacking you. And how do you counteract that? And how he's had to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And how now on the offensive side. I think that is like really, really an interesting turn of events for this coaching staff to have someone who is known as a defensive coach work with the offense and become that type of player. You know, a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You know, as you know, Marty Schottenheimer, who mm-hmm. was the Browns head coach and the Chargers and many yeah. others over the years, his son, you know, came up with a coaching in him and has become an offensive That's coordinator. Cool. Yeah. And, and and Schottenheimer, Marty, was the always a defensive, defensive coordinator. Coach. Yep. You know, and, you know, sometimes you get within the same, like the Shanahan's, both yeah. offensive coaches, uh, you know, and you get that. But I think w- when you find a good coach, both sides of the ball matter. Yep. And you don't become, you may specialize in one, but the more rounded coach understands both sides. And that was Jim Trussell. Yes. Jim Trussell understood the value of defense and how great his defenses were both at Ohio State and Youngstown State over the years and how important they were to the football program. Uh, and I think Carl Pelini being on the offensive side this year, and like you said, working as a, a like almost like a secondary head coach, an associate head coach is what he has been hired as, is is going to be a key for this team, and it's going to give them a opportunity to really grow differently and be challenged differently than you normally do when you're just strictly offensive mm-hmm. guys all the time talking about how to attack the defense. When you have a defensive mind talking about how you attack the defense. There are two two stats that I really um, am intrigued by. Obviously, if like you said, if you watch YSU the last thirty years, YSU as a whole wants to control the clock and play really good defense. You saw that to four turnovers forced. Sanford's an offense that they don't huddle at all. They want to run as many plays as they can. I had earlier in the week. They wanted to run upwards of 80. Sanford ran 56 plays on yeah. Saturday. YSU, who's a ball control team, ran 82. Penguins had the ball for 41 minutes. Sanford only touched it for 18. Majority of those minutes came in the fourth quarter when the game was was a 2-3 touchdowns out of reach. That's yeah. an absolutely incredible stat for an offense that wants to pound you. Yeah, and that is a combination of two things. Um Obviously, it's your offense being very much in control of the ball when it has it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, moving the chains. And exactly. I always talk about that. Do have a successful first down to bring on a opportunity to have successful second and third downs in short distances and opportunities. And I thought they, they set that up pretty well. They did a great job on third downs. run and pass on first down, being really successful, yes. getting four to six to eight yards on a play. Four so, yards per carry in this game. Yeah. And that's really in an important stat. And another combination is the defense played very well and forced Sanford's offense off the off the, the off field, field 
earlier Three than they out. wanted yep. to. And it's a creation of that offense, too. When mm-hmm. that offense is not clicking, it's not on the no. field. So it's a combination of a little everything in my mind. Mm-hmm. However, you know, a lot of it has to do with the play of YSU's defense. I thought the Gwyn's defense, you know, rose to the challenge. I thought in the fourth quarter, when they had a change of pace quarterback come in, who was a dual threat, mm-hmm. he made some really good plays. He, and yes, he, he did. definitely put some great film on why she's defense to improve on in such certain situations and plays because he was able to extend plays and find open receivers and he was able to move the, with his legs so he was a combination of a dual threat and I thought he played really well in the fourth quarter and if he played maybe earlier in this ball game that's a whole different game it may be a different game I agree and, 100% and I believe going forward for YSU, that was great to get on on tape. And now they're going to have that two weeks to work on stuff like that. Now, like I said, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, you don't necessarily see this type of team. But you are going to face more teams like this. And they're going to use that film to attack YSU. So they're going to look for your weaknesses and attack you. So you're going to have to, as a football program, deal with that and fix some of the holes in the leaks that you had on your defense. Yeah, I agree. There's, there's a lot to work on. We know special teams gave up they way... They can't win a championship in week one. Way too many... No. No, you can't. It's a start. Penguins had business to take care of. They took care of it. And the good thing is there's a lot you can work on and a lot you can get better at. And the thing that I like, the things that we didn't do well are all things that are very easily correctable. You know, special teams weren't great. But, hey, we made every field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to have a kicker who can get you a touchback when you need it. And sands a bad snap, bad handle on the punter. I thought Nick DeSavo, a walk-on freshman, did a great job. Average 42 yards per punt. Yeah. That's a nice job. He flipped field position. Uh, Penguins let him get out for a couple big returns in the second half. Um, overall, Tim, I think if you would have told me last week we were in 45-22, I would say we're going to win. I wouldn't say by three touchdowns, though. No, I, I think offensively scoring you know, over 35 points. Yeah, 38 huge. points. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was just it was a really I said you need to score 24 impressive. to beat this team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you can almost set the mark on any football game. And this is my own personal belief, especially in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I know we're talking college here, but especially in the NFL. I think college is a little higher number, but 24 is a minimum you US need school, to score yep. to, to be successful. And we didn't I'm not saying you're going to win, but to be successful mm-hmm. uh, in any, get, any given football game now. And just the way the offenses are designed and, and defenses are. You're going to have to score three touchdowns plus in a ball game, and if they do that, they're going to have their opportunities to win a lot of games. Yep. Uh, when your defense holds a team under that twenty-four mark, that's when you know you're going yep. to win a lot of games because they're now you have that that difference, mm-hmm. and you're going to have opportunities to win. And I really believe that's the case almost on any level. Uh, and again, defensively, I thought they got you know to the quarterback. They were able to get off the field when necessary. Uh, I thought the defense, you know, was challenged. They made some mistakes, 
but they it's also, a nice first challenge. Yeah, they 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 handled it really well. I think the entire team was focused and played well, and that is something we have not seen in an opener in years. And that may come to level of talent you're playing every year. Yeah, you know, YSU got very comfortable as a as a school football school. Mm-hmm. Playing the Division Two years Slippery ago, Rocks, Edinburgh's, right. Clarions, and then we yes. weren't allowed to play them no more. The fine, yes. the non-scholarship teams, and they wanted the home game and the yep. home gate and all that. However, they weren't being challenged. I, I understand the need to create revenue, especially at a school YSU size, and where your revenue generator is the football team. You have to. That's why you play the Division One schools yep. every year because you want that revenue. You know, you want that four hundred thousand. You yep. want that million dollar revenue that you get playing West Virginia yep. and Pitt and Ohio State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Kentucky, State, yep. all those. That's why you schedule those games. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, you want to be successful in them, but the real reason you're playing it is for the revenue. And I get it. And that's the same thing with some of those other schools that come into YSU to play. Mm-hmm. You know, with the non scholarship, they want the revenue. And that's why they they schedule those games. However, you have to challenge your team once in a while. And I think even if they have to do home and away series once in a while with schools like Samford and Mm -hmm. others, and I know this was, you know, supplemented because of the Guardian Credit Union, you know, sponsorship, uh, you have to find... Regional or sectional, whatever you want to call teams to play. Villanova, right. Delaware, yes. Colgate, yes. And and even if it's the first game of the season, I think long term that will help grow the program. Uh, I think you know there's nothing wrong. It generates a little more interest among the fans. Yeah, well, interest in the fans is important. Development of the football team is the most important. And I, and think- I believe it's easy to get complacent mm-hmm. when you see. You know, Valparaiso on and Butler and, and Butler Robert and, Morris and right the non-scholarship or the partial scholarship yep. teams. It's easy to get complacent because you've seen what you did last year. The team remembers, you know, three fourths of they the remember team that. Yep, know what happened and they expect it to happen again. It may not be as focused, and I think last year was kind of a wake-up call to everybody and. The opportunity this year, I know, it was a combination. They couldn't find a Division One team this year, you know, when they were making this schedule. Yes, exactly. And that's yeah. when this know, came this into fruition. Came, yeah. came up, and they took it, and it was great. And yeah, it's. I hope in the future this this type of thing continues, and if they can find a true opener, you know, partner mm-hmm. where it's a home and away, you know, like you get yes. many years ago when you had Notre Dame playing Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and others, I think it'd be great for the program. I, agree I don't know you. if it'll ever happen, but I think it'd be great for the program. And you know, obviously regionally, it's easy to say, "Oh, it's it's Kent State, it's yeah. Akron, and that." Well, they're not going to play you. No, not no. on a consistent basis. Not, yeah, next year's probably the the first, and last year you're going to play one of those schools for yeah, a while. It's just it's not on a consistent basis. Now, would I? Sign up today to have that type of opportunity Absolutely. With, with the entire MAC conference where you're just going from one to the yes. other. Yes, I would do it in a heartbeat because you would have that opportunity <laughs> to compete against them and have that type of – even if it was two and one, yep. where every third year you had a, a home game against one of those schools. That would be, to me, worth the effort going forward. But that's 
for and administration. That's another podcast, yep. Yes, yeah, for the administration and them to figure out, and the football program to figure out going forward. But, yeah, a lot of positives. A lot, a lot of positives going forward. Now is, is you know, the, the celebration's over, getting back to work. Yes. Having whatever type of practices they're having this week and the next week getting back into game practice yep. and having a focus about the home opener and putting this one in the re- rear view mirror. Yes. I mean, it was That'd a great be huge, game, yes. but, but it's gotta, now, it's now over and it's now moving on to the next game. Exactly. It's week one. It's a big one. It's always nice to start 1-0. Tim, I think we're in a lot better moods this year for the second episode than we were last year after Butler. Um, a lot to work on, like you said, but now it's time to put in the rearview mirror. And next week we'll break down Howard and the the challenge the Bison uh, bring to Stanbaugh Stadium. Uh, but week one's in the books. Our Penguins are wanting to know, and we're feeling good about ourselves. And uh, thank you to all our listeners. I heard a lot of positive feedback for, after uh, the first episode. This one should get the same reaction after a win. And I really thought we played well. You thought we played well. I think the general consensus was on national TV. Tim, a quick story before we wrap it up. I'm sitting there watching the game. And my buddy texts me, who lives in Indiana. Had no idea why she was on it. He said, I'm out to dinner with my wife. I shouldn't do it, but I did. I glanced at the bar to see what games were on TV. Every bar at this restaurant in Indiana had us on. And he said, you guys are kicking some butt. And I said, it's a great start. We appreciate your support out there. And let's go get them next week. Yeah, and that's exactly it. That's what that national game did. There was no other competition of a college football game, you know, from three three p.m. Mm-hmm. And anybody who was out and about at a uh, BW threes or whatever, any type of sports bar, that's what was on. Yep, and that was a chance to showcase your program. All right, that is episode two of the Ice Castle Report. For Anthony, I'm Tim. We will talk to you next week. Episode 3 of the Ice Castle Report, right here on Radio MVP. Go, go, go!